0: Yeah, they're coming to an understanding, even if it takes a while.
1: She's liberal, he's conservative, but they're best friends. you are know they'll figure it out in the end.
0: Now hear me out! Hi everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Now Hear Me Out. I'm Harry Berholtz, and I'm here with my dad.
1: Randy Berholtz.
0: And we are so excited to be here and speaking with you guys again. It is a weird time, and I think we're really enjoying having this sort of outlet to podcast um, every day or every other day. And just because things are changing so rapidly with the coronavirus, COVID-19 situation, um, it's, it's nice to be able to have this platform to, to chat with you guys on and really kind of try to take the politics out of this situation and just give you the facts. Um, that's what we're going to try our best to do. You know, as always, I think everyone has a little bit of uh, bias inside of them. So if it seems that way, please try no, to get all.
1: No bias whatsoever.
0: <laughs> no internal bias is super common, obviously, but right now, I think it's time for us to come together as, as a, not just a, a, a the world, but I mean, as a nation, as a County, everything as a state, and just really work for the, uh, the health and well-being of, of everybody, and that's really what we're going to talk about today. But first, let's start with the uh, what's, what's actually going on in politics. This is a political podcast, so let's talk about the most recent Democratic debate uh, with Bernie Sanders and, and Joe Biden. Uh, what did you think, Dad?
1: I thought it was a lightweight bout, no knockout punches. Uh, you know, I think one of the problems with Bernie is he doesn't have that knockout blow, or he doesn't have that knockout ability, I think, i to be honest with you, I think he's almost conceding the election over to Joe Biden right now. And it's almost like, to me, that he's just he's positioning himself so that he knows he's going to lose and he's positioning himself so that as many of his, uh, you know, um, uh, legislative proposals get, get, uh, get picked up by the Democrats. Uh, so... You know, as far as Bernie, and as far as Joe Biden goes, you know, Joe Biden, you know, not just in the debate, but recently has come out and said that he would have a woman as his VP and come out and said that he would appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court. And I guess, you know, I guess overall it's confirmed that when I left the Democratic Party in 1994, I was right. You know, when you have major candidates coming out and saying, I'm going to pick one of these and I'm going to pick one of those. And just some of the stupid things that come out of Joe Biden's mouth lately. I mean, I mean, he he talked about you know potentially having Michelle Obama being his VP. Then he oh, talked about. Oh, I would love that. And then he he talked about potentially having Barack Obama in the Supreme Court. It's just like to me, and I don't know if voters can see this, but he's so pandering. It's almost like Joe stick Who to do you your gun. Who you he's
0: pandering to?
1: Oh, I, I think he's definitely pandering Obama to African Americans. So I think he's yeah, no, yeah. I mean. I don't think Joe has confidence. I don't think he has confidence in his ability to run himself. I think he has to. He's pandering to a lot of people right now. I think Joe Biden's to be campaign. Fair,
0: um, what's his name? Uh, Bloomberg and I think Bernie was it Bernie Sanders as well. Uh, also did the same thing. A lot of these uh, these men were running ads featuring themselves with photos of President Obama. Uh, Bloomberg even had one in which. Uh, a woman, an African-American woman endorsed him uh, who had endorsed Barack Obama. So it was like him trying to say, Obama's endorsing me like by proxy, which was hysterical. So I, I think I do agree in that regard with what you're saying. Um, it's like, well, Obama loves me, so you should too, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, you know, I, I hope that, you know, I think Joe Biden's going to get eaten up right now. You know, that the trick is, though, can he and he may be smart here. He may be smart in that he realized that he just has to, you know, garner all the votes. And he's bringing a, you know, the, the Democratic tent is a bit bigger than the Republican tent is. to who you have to bring in.
0: What uh, do you mean by but
1: do Well, it's, you know, he, he has, you know, Joe Biden used to be a moderate Democrat. Now I think he's really positioned himself as a liberal Democrat. You know, he's a progressive, as he says. But... You know, I, I, and he's I don't not
0: Bernie Sanders, though.
1: No, so, no, I mean, no. He can't no.
0: Say he's a liberal. Democrat. I mean, no, he's,
1: well, I think he's a liberal, but he's not a socialist. And Bernie's an well, I mean, especially you know?
0: conservative. I know, but we keep things socialist like it's a dirty word. You know, like, I think we need to stop doing that. Socialism can be a very beautiful thing when done right. I mean, for example, we talk about, you know, isn't it socialist that we provide a, a free education, public school education for kids? ages you know five to 18 but somehow now we're saying the last four years of your education you need to go bankrupt for or broke or be in crazy debt for yeah but just I mean, remember I,
1: her then the nazis were the national socialist party so that's you know yes, and a but lot of people equates, isn't a socialist no I not mean like but,
0: but, like socialist
1: no 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 i hear you but but you know look words have meanings especially to my generation so, but, I'm just, but i just—I don't
0: like well, sort of you know trying to make it sound like it's a dirty negative word. You know what I mean? It's a—it's a, it's a yeah. divisive thing that the the right is is guilty of doing right now. I'm not saying the left's uh, not guilty of anything, but it's this—it's this narrative that we're trying to drive, saying like, well, he's not a good candidate, and it's like, you know, he's asking but, for one. Uh, but of I bet you that asked. Joe
1: Biden will not run as a socialist, and I bet you that well, obviously
0: so. not. I mean, he's never made that a facet of his campaign. At all. But but yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about I mean, so obviously talking about the debate, um, let's talk about some of the main points that both of them focused on and how they addressed this national pandemic. Um, So Bernie, one of the things he mentioned was Medicare for all. Um, A lot of what he spoke about, which I do agree with, is that we as a nation were very unprepared for this with President Trump having gotten rid of the uh, pandemic response section of the White House. And a bunch of other things, uh, you know, that that have taken place with regard to the CDC and how they've handled testing, which we'll get into later. Um, Bernie basically said, too, that he would not 100% commit to having a woman VP. But when asked, he said he was highly considering it. Um, Joe Biden said uh, that, you know, the need was to drive testing facilities um, and increase in testing facilities, saying how Italy has a single payer system, which is making this worse for them right now. Uh, he talks about needing to deal with the economic impact of all of this, supporting small businesses during this time. And he basically said that his cabinet for sure will have a, a female VP. Um, he also will elect a African-American woman to be, or put an African-American woman on the Supreme court, which I thought was interesting. And I know my dad, as he said, it's like, Oh, I'm picking from, you know, one from this category and one from this category, but. I think what he's addressing, in which I believe, you know, as as a female and everything, I think that representation matters. We had very great female candidates, and I firmly believe that if we were to have done this election like they do that TV show, The Masked Singer, where we don't know the person's gender, age, race, anything like that, people would have aligned themselves more so with Elizabeth Warren. Personally, I, I think a lot of what went On with her was she was treated differently because she was a woman. I think she had a phenomenal campaign. I think we would never talk Elizabeth about it. Elizabeth Warren,
1: seriously? Elizabeth Warren's most miserable person in the world, hiring. Seriously? You know I mean? No,
0: we don't talk about Biden being miserable or, or, no, or we talk about Bernie Biden Sanders. being,
1: talk about Biden not being able to. To remember things, but no, look, I mean, I know, but I'm just
0: saying this. This is just my opinion, but but what I'm saying though regarding you know Biden and Bernie saying about a woman VP, I think that's wonderful. I think giving little girls that ability to to say you know oh okay I can be a vice president too one day. You want a strong female leader, and I think to say oh well it should go to the best person. We're kind of insinuating that none of the best person then are women.
1: Yeah, but but yeah, and no, I hear you. Look. I want to. I, Martin Luther King said better in the in, in the '60s. You know, we want a colorblind society. I want a colorblind society. I see this this leader of the Democratic Party, and he is the leader right now, and he's leading. He's probably going to be the presidential nomination. I don't see him talking about a colorblind society. He's caught in the reason why I left the party. It's that it's a party where race doesn't. It's a party where race and sex matter all the time no, in everything that, they do.
0: But saying nobody's saying that we should be colorblind, because that's just not humanly possible. It's that's, what, also, that's,
1: that's what the no, goal is, Harriet.
0: No, 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 that, that's, but that's ignorant. Like that, that in and of itself is, is ignorant, saying that we need to be colorblind because race and ethnicity and, and gender and all that stuff, it does matter. It does matter. Representation matters. That's, and yes,
1: that's why the Republican Party differs with the Democratic Party and the Republican Party doesn't care about your race, your gender, your religion. We want the best person for the job, and there are huge differences. I mean, there just are. I mean, this is, you know, we have a very diverse party too, but we don't go about saying we need quotas, and that's one of the problems in the Democratic Party. But that's I don't why think I
0: anybody's trying to say that we need to fill a quota. People are saying that we need equal and sufficient representation of all genders and ethnicities isn't that the same as a quota people. that that
1: sounds that sounds the same that's thing that's not a quota. quota
0: no a quota <laughs> makes it sound like we're saying we're checking off boxes like oh great we have a, an african-american one we have a blonde lady like we have a, an asian and i just i think that that's not that's not right i think Obviously, representation matters. And I know, for example, and this is obviously a a different sort of topic to talk about. But for example, when Tiana was uh, made to be a Disney princess, little African-American girls were saying things like, oh, my gosh, mommy, I can be a princess, too. I can be a princess, too. And that in and of itself, I mean, that should show you why representation matters, because before that, it was all beautiful, blonde, sleeping beauty, snow white. And little black girls, little you know, Asian girls, all of these these other little girls out there that want to be princesses too, you know, they they didn't see that, they didn't feel that.
1: And I so hear you, Harriet, but you know, know? But, but look, I think we're getting a little bit off topic here. So I know,
0: I know. So let's just we to, Tuesday,
1: and we told the uh, podcast listeners. So today's Mar- Tuesday, March seventeenth. It is St. Yeah. Patrick's Day, and happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I hope you're, hope you're partying at home by yourself with six feet distance between you and <laughs> you
0: and your. Little <laughs>
1: But, you know, all those idiots, I just want to say all those idiots down there in Florida on the beaches, you know, those college kids or anybody else who thinks that that this doesn't matter. And I'll talk to the people of Italy who were in the bars and the in the coffee houses a couple months ago or a couple weeks There's ago. There's a
0: video that I will link down below. Um, I don't know if my dad's seen it yet, but it's a bunch of people who are currently obviously under you know, quarantine in Italy saying what I would tell to myself 10 days ago, what I would do differently. And it's saying, I wouldn't laugh at this. I would take this seriously. I would stock up on supplies, but obviously not be an asshole and hoard things. Just take what you need for about 14 days to a month. You're really not going to
1: poop as much as you think.
0: I mean, a thousand rolls of toilet paper, what, as people said, if you're needing that much toilet paper, you should have seen a doctor a before this, but, but let's talk about obviously the 2020 March primaries update because things are different today. Obviously it was supposed to be Ohio, Arizona, Florida, and Illinois, uh, voting and, in Ohio, they closed the polls and postponed the voting until June, and they're exploring holding off uh, entirely um, and just having it be a vote by mail primary. However, Arizona, Florida, and Illinois voting's underway. I'm not. I don't think that they closed the polls. And currently, Biden is projected to win Florida and Illinois. Uh, Arizona, the polls are open for another hour. So uh, at the time of this recording, so we'll, we'll obviously know more by the time we get this up. But, but what do you think about that, Dad? They're saying, too, that in Georgia, the, the vote, the um, primary is going to be postponed until May 19th. It's going to be vote by mail. And then Puerto Rico, March 29th, they said it's going to be postponed until April 26th.
1: I think we as a country need to get with the program. And that's all 50 states. Everybody needs to get with the program right now and go inside. If you got a cheapskate boss, get a new job. Go and work at home. The only people who should be out and about right now are people who work in grocery stores, who are working in the supply chain, you know, like, like Amazon or, or warehouses and the military and the police and everybody else needs to be at home. There's a reason that it's a, it's a quarantine. We need to stop this, as you were saying at the last podcast, here, to flatten the curve. Italy has just moved up, in, you know, well, a couple of days now. It, you know, it's Italy is the second. You know, there are more. You know, There's the second highest death toll now in, in Italy. So as of as we're speaking, I, I think the, the last stats I saw from the Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Dashboard was 197,000 people in the world have been diagnosed. I think they're up at what 7,800 deaths right now, and I think. Right now, so so out of that 100, 197,000, Italy is is catching up with with uh, Wuhan in China, and the death toll Italy is, is is getting up there too. And I was reading an article today, in, the, I think the Wall Street Journal, where they were where, where an Italian uh, doctor um, was asked to uh, speak on the issue, and and she was saying it's even worse. Um, then you think in italy because the the main province hit and i forget the name i don't know if it's lombardy or uh but but the main province hit is being hit tremendously with a force of a tsunami almost you're having situations in italy right now where there aren't enough beds there aren't enough ventilators and where decisions are having to be made in a triage system whereby if you have an 80 year old who's dying and a 40 year old who's dying who do you give the, you know, who do you give the assistance to first? It's the 40-year-old. But you know, guys, when the government says to do something, you need to do it. Because right now, in a couple days, they may not be suggesting something and you may be seeing the National Guard on your streets, you know, with a curfew. So you can either do it voluntarily or you can do it with a curfew, where there are going to be soldiers on the streets with guns. That are going to say exactly. to you, they're going to be enforcing the curfew, and, and I've been through a couple National Guard situations with floods and the like. You don't mess with the National Guard if you if you don't stop when they're there. They will shoot you because they, because they're trying to protect all of us uh, from looters and the like. And, and, and at this time, there's no time to, to be um, a silly right now. So and
0: reckless and. So, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that, too. I was going to, you know, discuss that a little bit later. But I mean, we're on the point right now. Let's talk about, you know, this goes both ways. My dad can speak to the more millennial version of things, you know, as can I. I am a millennial. Right. But, and he can also, you know, the boomer aspect of things. But let's talk about why so many baby boomers are in denial over the coronavirus. It's it's shocking right now. And I understood it more so a week ago before President Trump really, you know, was worried himself or saying that this was a real thing. I understood the older conservatives who were not taking this seriously because they took a lot of you know cues from the President. But now, you know, President Trump is very much saying this is a very real threat. And I think a lot of it, and Dad, you can obviously tell me more about this, too, but there's a lot of people saying, you know mom like or grandma i'm i'm worried about you you know you're are you worried about getting this like i i need you to take precautions if you need groceries let me know. I'll drop them off at your doorstep. And there, there's a bit of an issue because these people that are, you know, quote unquote boomers, which I think is aged 56 to 77. So dad, technically you're a boomer, I'm a, boomer. Um, <laughs> a baby boomer. A lot of these people in this age group think that they'll be fine because they don't feel old. They have energy. They write books. They have hobbies. They might, Dude, even, you know, still have a boomer.
1: You're old.
0: And I mean, we are living in this time of older adults feeling good, taking better care of themselves and being healthier than their own parents were at this age. And the thing is, that's why we may be heading into a disaster. Boomers might not think of themselves as older adults. They don't understand just because they feel a certain way doesn't mean that they won't be the most affected by COVID-19. It's a pandemic. And being an older adult is defined as anyone over 65. And so, I mean, and I think this has to do a lot, and other articles have commented on this, too, about the average age of a sitting United States senator being, you know, median age, 61. Our current president is 73. Nancy Pelosi, 79. And the two people running for president of the U.S. right now, uh, the Democratic nomination, uh, Joe Biden- 77 and 78. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, the people running America are boomers. And so uh, maybe this is why older people don't really believe us when we tell them that they are really the most risk of developing this. I mean, on February 28th, President Trump's coronavirus will disappear. And then he told reporters on Capitol Hill, uh, you know, it's going to go away soon. We'll see this substantially go down. We have contained it. And only recently has he said, you know, he actually said in his, his speech, the highest risk is for the elderly population with underlying health conditions. But that's him. I mean, Trump, he's elderly. And he was also exposed to the virus, refused testing for two or three days before saying, okay, you know, I'll I'll get tested. So I know everyone's going to get mad, but this isn't a time to talk about, you know, your conflicting feelings about getting older. This is a pandemic. And I know boomers don't want to be told you're old, but, you know, even if you don't feel old, you're in the most at-risk demographic. So now is the time to, to, to take precautions. And the older you get, I mean, in your 60s, your rate of dying from this is 3.4%. That's 34 times the death rate for the seasonal flu. Just because you feel 30 doesn't mean that you're immune. So, I mean, me what, what do mention, you have to say yeah. about it? Yeah. Let me, let me, just, me just mention, so, that. as
1: a boomer, so Harry and I are going to talk about boomers first, then we're going to talk about millennials. So, look, as a so boomer- no
0: one feels left out. <laughs> yeah.
1: As, as a boomer, one of the problems is half the boomers are miserable because half of them don't take care of themselves and they're ready to die. I'll be totally honest with you. You get some people in this age group. All they want to drink. You know, they're even starting to just smoke pot again, which they did in high school or the like. And they're miserable. They don't take care of themselves, and they're waiting for the good Lord or for a- anybody else to come and and to die. And some of them are just stubborn SOBs. Listen to me. If you're a stubborn SOB, do it by yourself. Go to your own little room and do it to hell. But but you know, but don't you know. Don't be stupid here. Get with the program. You're the generation that should be leading by example. Get with the program. And if you're you know, lonely and, and like there are groups to help you right now where you can call into, but you have to quarantine. You have to self-quarantine yourself. You know, m- most of you are probably, you know, I say, I say some are working, some aren't, but you know, you know, Go, you know, quarantine, make sure your family gets you enough supplies and just watch Netflix for a couple months. I mean, seriously, do that and take care of yourself. The thing is, with a lot of older people, you are older, your body's older. It's just different. Your immune system is older. So, look, don't be silly and set an example here for uh, for others. But, you, you know,
0: I mean, we've got a family- right now. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Now, we have a family member who's sort of that, I don't give a crap. It's not going to happen to me. You know what, dude? It is going to happen to you. And the problem is if what normally happens is you won't get sick, but you infect somebody else. You know, don't be stupid here. So let's talk about millennials. All right. What do you think about millennials?
0: Can I say one more thing real quick? A lot of people are saying with the boomer issue, I've, I've spoken to a lot of my friends. They've said that they feel like they're having this reverse role where they're having to be the parent. Um, right now. And, and my friend tried to text her, her mom and she was saying, you know, I can't believe that you went out to a restaurant yesterday. You already didn't feel well. And she said her dad went out to play golf and she's just saying, you know, you have diabetes. This is a pandemic and this feels like a role reversal. I feel like I have to be the parent right now trying to convince my child to take this seriously. And she said her mom sent her this sarcastic response, which my own mother-in-law actually said to me as well. When I told her to stay inside, she said, oh, thanks mom. And it's just like, you know, a lot of us have been talking about this. We can't get these these people who are acting like these 1960s wild children to to take this seriously. And hippies, this not trying to, old no, it's not just hippies. It's it's everybody. It's a lot of people who don't think that they are more susceptible. They think that they are, you know, they, they feel great. So why should they have to worry? And it's just the sad truth. If you're 65 and older, you need to halt your, you know, wine tasting trips and, and rip up your cruise tickets and stop going to your book clubs and your church events. Stay home, please rely on others to bring you groceries. You took care of us, boomers. Now, please let us look out for you. And that's what I have to say about that. So yes, let's seriously move on to millennials because I also want to smack the heck out of those people too. Dad, Why don't you, you start first. off
1: with, well, yeah. So millennials, look, you know, and some of this is how the press is is reporting this. You know, The, the, the press is almost like, hey, millennials, it's not really going to affect you. Just don't affect anybody else. And a lot of millennials just haven't been around the block, especially if you're in your teens and your twenties. You think you're going to live forever. Truth is, you're not. And the, the, some of the biggest, you know, you know, ways to spread it are bunches of millennials. Like, for example, I've been seeing pictures of Florida beaches right now. What the hell?
0: You know, Why sometimes are you it, on spring break, you are I, morons.
1: I mean, seriously, the bars need to close. The restaurants need to close. Stores, except for supermarkets and pharmacies, need to close, and you need to stay home. Stay the friggin' at home, and if you go out, keep six feet of separation between you and somebody else. You know, because think about it: there are people who are younger who have weakened immune systems. You know, do you want to kill them, or do you want to kill 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 your relatives and that your or your older relatives? So look, you're not going to live forever. Get with the program. You know, none of us are used to pandemics. You know, you know, the truth is China has faced these more than we have. Some other countries have faced these more than we have. But this is here. It's real. It's happening. This is freaking real. The president's just not getting up there and talking for his health. Literally, he's talking to try to save your health. So, Harry, yeah, take it over. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, I mean, right now. Take the now, crap out of he- your
1: millennial friends. <laughs>
0: People are saying right now, and this is driving me nuts, I had friends, you know, especially people in places like Arizona or West Virginia, where cases were relatively small until recently, just going about their daily lives. I mean, I have friends still taking their kids to their music classes and going to playgrounds. And I mean, this stuff lives on surfaces for up to nine days. You are a moron. I have friends that are still saying, oh, you know, I made a trip for my baby moon to Mexico. Like, should I still go? No. Stay the F home. Literally. Take a cue from the doctors that are in Italy right now saying, you know, there's a there's a opinion piece called Young and Unafraid of the Coronavirus Pandemic. Good for you. Now stop killing people. It's saying watching us Americans and the Brits in the early days of the coronavirus pandemic is like watching a familiar horror movie where the protagonists yet again split into pairs or decide to take a tour of a dark basement. The real life versions of this behavior are pretending this is just the flu, keeping schools open, following through with your travel plans and going into the office daily. This is what we did in Italy. We were so complacent that even when people with coronavirus symptoms started turning up, we wrote each off as a nasty case of the flu. We kept the economy going, pointed our fingers at China, Saying racist things like, you know, oh, the dirty Chinese virus, and we urged our tourists to keep traveling. The majority of us told ourselves and each other, this isn't so bad. We're young, we're fit, we're healthy. We'll be fine, even if we catch it. Well, hey, guess what? Two months, you know, later, statistically speaking, by the curve in China, we haven't even reached the peak yet. But our fatality rate is over six percent, double the known global average. So it is time to take it seriously. It is time to stay inside and I mean you probably have seen this meme going around social media. You're not being asked to go to war and and fight and die for your you're country. Being you're asked being asked to
1: eat to chips and have toilet paper <laughs> and do your sit-up and do your yoga and, and you know, you want to smoke your marijuana, go ahead and do it. You know, do it. Do it
0: know? in your like, own
1: home. Get your work done. Stay home. You know, call into work, get the work done. But please just stay home, you know. But exactly.
0: And so, and let me Har- man- please, yeah. yeah, go ahead.
1: Let me mention, Harrod. So, you know, guys, um, one of my friends, John, uh, who who is a you know a partner of mine, who uh, business was business
0: partner, not life partner.
1: Yeah, yeah, was in our he's our, in our Shanghai office. He's an American guy, and 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 uh, he lives in Shanghai with his girlfriend. And he was um, he was quarantined for six weeks in Shanghai. Didn't get anything. His father got sick in Louisiana from something else. He's, his father is old, and he took a flight back from China, and he thought he was going to be safer in the U.S., and he gets to LAX, and they segregate him with a lot of other people coming from China in a small room. They don't clean the room. The room's dirty. He, he feels he got it there. He went back to Louisiana to see his dad, you know, and and then he, um, he just tested positive for it. He's had it for about a week. He said the first week kicked his ass. I talked to him and he sounded like, you know, he sounded pretty bad. Uh, we were trying to have him on the show being, being you know, journalists that, that we are. But at the same time, I, I wanted to help him and that I didn't want, want him to exert himself a lot right now. Uh, John's probably late 50s, but, you, you know, so it can happen to you. We're starting to see it happen to our friends and the people we know. So this is not just something for, you know, as you may say, you know, Chinese or Italians or Iranians, you know, this is in Canada, it's in Mexico, it's all around the world. Look at that, go to Johns Hopkins, coronavirus, and look at, you know, look at how the numbers go up every day. For example, Friday and Saturday, the number of people who had this, I think was about 133,000. Today, it's 197,000 people. I mean, that shows you how fast this is going. And, and what's needed here it's
0: you know, crazy I mean it's crazy and right now I as say you said it's our chance to
1: flatten the curve, curve. and so you've got to follow today, the directions is is
0: that and that make it work from home we're all in the,
1: the same boat we can all pull through here. And, you know it's not like you're of the being asked to go to war or you
0: know go
1: up in a plane and you know have a chance of being
0: just friggin stay at home watch your movies get to know your family
1: a little bit more and just make sure you've got enough food in the US, and, you know, uh, if we, wait 30 days. Else, you'll if be we fine. act
0: 18 days sooner, we will only have 160,000 cases, so that's 16 times the estimated 10,000 actual cases as of today, of which 15% are likely to require hospitalization. So this is 24,000 critical patients, which is a huge <laughs> difference compared to 1.5 million acute patients. The difference between taking extreme measures now versus waiting even a few more days to stay the F home is insanely large. It's literally math. Let's use our brains and come together as a, as a society so we can all get back to our normal you know, lives sooner rather than later. But it's going to take all of us. So cancel your blow dry appointment. Don't go out to get your nails done or your hair My done. My hair is going to be
1: very long <laughs> and I'll probably have a beard and I'll stink a little bit. But you know what? Okay. It's going to be okay.
0: You're, you're quarantined at home. You can shower. You know this. Oh, right?
1: damn. I got to shower? You mean that's not an excuse? We're not rationing oh, water here, God. too? Oh, man. No. I got to shower. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. So so here's my second day at home. You know, I get up. I exercise. I go on calls. You know, I try to get a shower. I'm normally in my pajamas till like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, oh, I stink too badly. I got to go clean <laughs> off. I get a shower, I come back and I do it all again. I work harder at home than I do in the office, to be honest with you, because, you know, I don't have that commute and everything else. But, you know, look, when you're at home, make sure you don't eat like a hog. I mean, in all honesty, I eat too much when I'm at home. I take I take little breakies and I go out there and I have stuff.
0: My dad is eating in the cupboard. Oh he my has this very God, it's specific uh, mental like, reasoning he does for himself. If I eat inside the cupboard and I don't turn the light on, doesn't it doesn't count. count. Yeah, Those doesn't calories count. are my calories. Oh, <laughs> no my God. I can them. see the belly
1: coming back. <laughs> oh, my God. It's terrible. But you know what?
0: But, you know, but stay home and exercise, too. There's so many online workouts. Think, I mean, this is the thing. Think about the people during the Spanish flu or the plague. They didn't, didn't have anything. Netflix. Yeah, they didn't have Netflix, they didn't have Hulu, they didn't have online workouts. They were staying home watching the
1: bugs crawl, you know, have bug races in their house, you know.
0: (laughs) Okay, or Beachbody On Demand or, I mean, ClassPass. Pony Horton wasn't there again. No, they have free classes with ClassPass. I mean, everybody I know right now, all of my studios that I usually go to are offering online classes. So you don't have to get fat and just eat snacks. You can do both. (laughs) So work out and then eat the snacks.
1: Just keep it going, but hey, let's, yeah, let's, let, me
0: let's up, yeah. point. let me give you an update. Let me give
1: let me give I'll right. give you guys an update. So just remember, this is a United Federal State County local level of government. Its nonprofits are involved, and the private sector is involved. And one of the things you have to realize in the U.S. is we have this large private sector, and it takes a while for the private sector to to come on board here. But once we do, it's like World War II. The amount of production we have really gets going. So, you know, so I, I, I'm f- fairly confident here, uh, you, you, you know, with our ability to to, to get going. But, you know, um, like, for example, you know, the, Harriet and I have talked about a shortage of test kits. One of the things the FDA is doing is they're making it easier to approve test kits right now to get things out of the market. Very, very easy. And, you know, so our goal right now is to you know, is, is to really focus on these test kits and to get them out there right now and, and to make sure people are tested. One of the problems with seeing the numbers right now is that, you know, so m- most of the time you'll see numbers of of, of of cases identified, of deaths, and then of people who are, who are, I don't want to say cured or... Recovered. or like. Recovered. So you'll see those three. One of the problems with that is not everybody who yeah. has it is being tested. And, you know, I, I don't trust numbers from China. I don't trust numbers from Iran. I don't trust numbers from North Korea. North Korea says it, it's cured. It doesn't have any problems. Seriously? You're telling me a backward country doesn't have any issues. Yeah, it probably killed anybody who had it or something like that. So, So, look, you know, one of the issues now is we need to test more in the U.S. So the South Koreans have a very good testing program. I think they said today that, that the most successful testing program for any country is South Korea where they've tested one out of every 100 people. So what this means is even though you see that number of people who have it, there are loads of people going around who don't even know that they have it. So, So you may think, well, somebody hasn't been diagnosed, but you don't know whether that person next to you has it or they don't have it until they show symptoms or if they show symptoms. So guys, exactly. more than likely this is broader than 197,000 people oh, who have much, been tested positive right now. So so guys, they that's have said that
0: for every one person who's received a positive test, 50 more people are infected and don't yeah. know it.
1: Even with deaths, we don't even know sometimes, you know, an old person dies in their sleep. Why they die? You know, we, we don't even have ways to uh, to double check on that right now. So look the truth yeah, I
0: mean,
1: of the, yeah. yeah yeah the truth let's, of the let's matter talk is about the
0: whole issue? Yeah, what's what's the truth of the matter?
1: Yeah, the truth of the matter is we don't know. I mean the, yeah. the truth is we're doing our best to quantify this, but the best way to stop these numbers from going up is to just do what, you know, you know, do what the president is saying. You know, the president right now is talking a lot in terms of what what he thinks you should do, what people should do. He's not forcing a lot of stuff yet. You know, that, I wish that, you he know, would,
0: honestly, because people well, are listening.
1: the way that our federal system works is the local authorities normally have more power than the feds do to you know to enforce things at a local level. As does the governor. For example, the governor can call out this the of uh, uh, the state national guard to handle things, and a mayor can. So a mayor can force. Local, you know, you know, you know, you know, enforce local laws better than a president can, but it really takes, you know, sort of the federal, the state, the county, and the local groups to come together. Like for example, you know, I, th- I think it's seven counties up north now, Harford in California, or the like. Oh, the, uh, they are recommending that you know everybody you know work from home. All the schools are closed. Oh, I mean, uh,
0: San Francisco the, is the the under. You know, stay at home. That basically, what are they calling it? It's called like a um, staying. What are they? What are they call? It's basically saying you, you need to stay home. Like you cannot go out unless it's 100 percent necessary in terms movie of movie theaters those, you know, are closed.
1: Food. Oh, Restaurants thank goodness! I mean, are closed except for delivery. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah you know, you know, you, you really need to do this. You know, and don't travel. Really, there's no reason to travel for anything. Truthfully,
0: exactly. there's no
1: reason to travel for anything right now. Everything can be put on hold. But, but let's talk
0: about why, why this is happening in terms of why are people struggling with getting access to being tested? Because I have spoken firsthand to 10 different people today online who have you know experienced issues saying, I have exhibited all of the symptoms. I have been directly exposed to somebody with this virus, and they are refusing to test me saying that they just don't have enough tests or I have to talk to my insurance company to basically prove to them that I meet all of these necessary steps. And even if they can get a test, a lot of times people are waiting <coughs> three to four days yeah, in order to be able to get the test back to see if whether or not they are positive or not. So let's talk about why that happened. And I know my dad obviously you know, has, has inside information on that as well, working with biotech companies and all that kind of stuff. But um, is there anything you want to say right off the bat that, or should I just go into the history well,
1: of can you, you can, Well, you know, the truth of the matter is this is a supply and demand. Should we have been more prepared? Yes, we should have. And that's in retrospect. Should the president and should Congress and everybody, the states have taken this more serious? Damn right they should have. They should have understood that in today's world, things are not limited by country. I, I think what most people don't understand today is that um, is that this is such an an I don't say integrated it's not the right word but an interconnected world especially yeah. since China opened up in the late eighties you have there's so much travel around the world if you just think about it I, I mean the whole planes trains automobiles and boats I mean if you think about it. I I mean, you know, so many people on cruises, so many people going on holidays, so many people traveling for business, so many people, you know, going back and forth to, uh, to see their parents and everything else or their family members. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, it's just staggering. I, I mean, there was a quote, and I forget what the quote said, but, but the gist of the quote was that, you know, you know, if something happens in China, it stays in China. The truth is, it's not like that anymore. You know the people who were in, who infected. You know, you know the the you know that it started in China and then people went other places. They infected other people, and you know, and it's just you know at some point you will be able to just look and see this person went here, infected these people. This person went there, and you know it's just amazing if you just look at how it's spreading. Watch, you know, just watch the Johns Hopkins you know, sight. you know, over a couple of days. And right now it's spreading in South America. It's spreading in Latin America. And you'll see that, you know, what's very interesting there is that, is that they have these big red circles. And when it spreads to some place, the circles get more red. And I can remember where a lot of this, the circles were in China and, and a little bit on the West Coast of the U.S. And then it just kept spreading on the East. And now the whole America is covered with red. And and there were a couple cases in Mexico and Brazil and Honduras and you know Paraguay Bolivia now there are a lot and the same thing is happening in Africa and if you think it's bad here in a first world country imagine this going through Latin America imagine this going through Africa where there, these poor people are dealing with other things but 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 Harriet do you want to talk a little yeah. bit about you know just um, hospital beds and number of you know just just well I you think know, we really, really talk
0: about. Because, well, cause, no, because I mean, a big issue that I think we should focus on, obviously, is why are people not able to get testing? And it's not just supply and demand. There was a lot of stuff that happened and, and breakdowns and there's no placing blame on President Trump or anything along those lines. <coughs> We're just talking about the facts of this. So a guy named Opert Lant, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize. It's German. Uh, the founder of a small Berlin-based company was really racing to help German researchers uh, to create a diagnostic test for this, you know, coronavirus and he was able to get his company to produce and ship more than 1.4 million tests by the end of February to the World Health Organization. The U.S. effort to distribute those tests and countries and the country's inability to produce them, that's what's left us in a crisis. So obviously, yes, supply and demand, but basically we have a limited means at the moment to determine where and how vast the virus is spreading. And from January until February 28th, there were fewer than 4,000 tests from the U.S. CDC that were used out of more than 160,000 that were produced. So people are asking, what the hell happened? So some people are saying this stemmed from the fact that the country took too long to use, you know, private companies to develop the tests. The pandemic was too big and moving too fast for the CDC to develop its own tests in time. Um, a lot of people are saying that the CDC, you know, usually is the first to create these diagnostic tests because they have access to the genomic, uh, makeup. I'm pretty sure is what it's called of a virus. And then what happens is other companies bid on the right to, to use that. And then also, you know, work to, to, to meet the supply and demand, um, after that, uh, according to various rules and stuff like that. But, Basically, what they're saying is that the CDC moved too slowly to tap into the expertise of academics and private companies. And it wasn't until last week that large companies got the approval from the FDA to produce their own tests. We as a nation waited too long. Um, The FDA and the CDC have been saying, oh, you know, the delay in testing was because they were trying to meet these exact scientific standards to help protect public health. But this, you know, um, trying to be so scrupulous and just specific about certain things, it really it screwed us as a country. Um we haven't been told the exact nature nature of what the manufacturing problems are. Some people are saying it was a defect in the initial kit the test kits. Saying that people were getting false positives and all that kind of (coughs) stuff. And the CDC spokesman, Benjamin Haynes, said the process hasn't gone smoothly. The CDC has a responsibility to ensure that the laboratory research and development activities, the testing processes, and data are all of the highest possible quality, and that something maybe happened with contamination. But everyone at this point is acknowledging there's a huge need for test manufacturers to rapidly make tests available. Obviously, there are people going into the ER every single day saying, I need a test. I need a test. These are my symptoms. And the doctors, doctors are just saying, we don't know how to help you. We can't give you a test. Like, we don't have any. So at the very beginning, the U.S. efforts to develop a diagnostic test for the coronavirus was really keeping pace with the world, with the rest of the world. However, in January, it just seemed like we started to really quickly fall behind and Now, and the guy, um, his name's Alberto Gutierrez, the former head of the FDA office of in vitro diagnostics and radiological health, he has said, once you're behind the eight ball, it's very hard to catch up. The problem was that containment was not done very well. And at this point, we're looking at exponential growth, and we need to figure out how to meet an exponential demand. Um, There was a three-week delay caused by the CDC to get these working test kits into the hands of public health labs. And that was the crucial time we had. Um, In the early stages of an outbreak, contact tracing, isolation, individual quarantines, those are regularly deployed to contain the spread of the disease. But these tools are all useless if suspected cases of a disease cannot be tested. That's what my dad, you know, that's what you were saying earlier about how the numbers we have now are not accurate representations of how bad this issue is. The void created by the CDC's faulty tests made it impossible for the public health authorities to get an accurate picture of how far and how fast this disease is spreading, especially in hotspots like Seattle, where COVID-19 spread undetected for weeks, which in turn only multiplied our need for tests. So I know that was a bit of a run, but I just wanted to get that info out there for you guys to know, because I know personally, until I dug into this yesterday, I didn't fully understand why we were so, you know, lacking in tests. But that obviously, you you know people firsthand who are obviously dealing with making these tests. What is the real issue on why people are being turned away from the ER?
1: I, you know, like you said, Harold. you know, you know, I, I, I still go back and say sub, uh, a supply and demand, but, you know, people should be, you know, look, we didn't expect World War II or the, or we should have expected World War II and we weren't prepared. We weren't as a country prepared. We were not prepared for this pandemic, even though we've had, you know, you know, you know, um, you know even, even though we had. The members of the, the uh, Obama administration when they were leaving and the members of the uh, Trump administration when they were starting had a couple, uh, you know, had a couple uh, uh, mock runs at a pandemic and uh, it was part of their training. Evidently, we need better governmental, you know, we need, we need better, you know, better, go- you know, more, more governmental not say control here, but more governmental coordination here, more governmental resources going in this. Look at the numbers, the amounts of money now that President Trump is putting into the economy right now. And look, you know, President Trump, he's a businessman. He gets it. I think he gets it. And, you know, and, and the good thing is, you know, I you know, he think he came out with his first speech Friday. He's had a speech every day now. And every day it just gets worse and worse for us, but he gets it more and more. He really sees how it's going. And you just have to look at Italy. I mean, Italy is just a poster child for everything that could go wrong. And so, look, you know, And not- so
0: Dad, I think we should also touch on, too, that uh, Italy has one of the I think they're the second largest uh, older population <clears throat>
1: yeah. country.
0: So they have uh, more people over, I think it's 65 than yeah. almost every other country in the world. So that could also, too, be a reason why the percentage of, you know, the fatality percentage is so high.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you know, when it comes down to it, Italy has what 60 million people, 50 million people, you know, Iran, I don't know how many they have, 80 million, 90 million. China's got 1.2 billion or 1.4 billion. But the problem is that such, you know, this can happen, these small countries. I mean, these things can happen. But what's happening right now, just so you guys know, you know, the borders, a lot of the European countries, you know, they open their borders for the EU and now they're closing them again. And I was reading something uh, today where where some Lithuanians were caught in the middle of Poland or going to Germany, and the Germans won't let them in, and the Lithuanians don't want them back. It's it's like, for example, you know, it's very interesting with the border now because you know instead of the U.S. protesting about the Mexican-U.S. border, the Mexican the Mexicans are saying we don't want your people down here now, you know, because yeah. they don't and, and they don't want their people to come back who have it. And for example, there, there was something in the paper uh, today where, where Honduras said that it was not going to agree on the, on the extradition of a criminal to Honduras right now from the U.S.
0: No, uh, because, nobody wants anybody back. They're like, stay yeah, yeah, where you I, are. I'm, yeah. You
1: know. And, and you know, the, the truth is everybody's saying, stay where you are right now. Don't go. And, 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 you know, the truth is we're still not at the point where people are shooting people who are coming over. But you know, if people don't obey the law, and this gets out of hand, people are going to feel very desperate. So, guys, look—you know—we're not and, trying to yeah, scare anyone. No, we're just I, trying to explain the severity of the situation.
0: No, yeah. and I think one thing too, Dad. Why don't we talk about something that I think you know a little bit more uplifting in the sense of how have how have we seen you know society and and people coming together to do the collective sure. good during this time? Because I think that. You know, and I know for myself personally, suffering from anxiety and dealing with, you know, a a spiral, uh, you know, your brain can kind of spiral out. I think it's important to talk about all of the good things that are going on right now with humanity. For example, Chick-fil-A delivered a thousand free meals today to hospital staff to thank them. Jamba Juice was giving out, you know, free free smoothies to all people that are, you know, healthcare workers today. I had to go out today and pick up a prescription and in that time i saw uh this young man helping an older woman who was obviously wearing a mask and and wasn't able to walk very well helping her out to her car trying to make her smile he wiped down her cart for her with sanitizer Helped. it was just it was so nice to see people coming together there are a lot of people currently that are having to cancel events like weddings and a lot of them are choosing to donate the food to first responders and and healthcare staff who are really just on the front lines of, of all of this. Have, have you heard about anything, you know, good going on right now about people, well, yeah. you know, coming I, I, together?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, well, can you know, you know, it's at times like this that we need kindness, we need humor, we need, we need laughter right now. And, and, you know, it seems like the business community is working out some issues about working from home. I think more businesses are understanding that they'll make a lot of profits so if they figure out how to, how to do this quickly, you know, uh, uh, you know, I know that, uh, you know, as we talked about, uh, you know, organizations like the porn industry are doing more online. <laughs> uh, I don't know if, mar- know, know. you know, home delivery of marijuana. I was oh, you know- No, no, no.
0: So my friend got an email today saying we're encouraging people to not come into the dispensary because, you know, we think you guys should buy in bulk. And if you do buy in bulk, you'll get like 15% off or something. So even the marijuana industry and like dispensaries and stuff are you know trying to, to help people out everyone's trying to come together you know during this time yeah, people trying moms. to make a book
1: too i i mean look anything that's home delivery we don't touch it when you clean it all. i mean
0: china officially banned all consumption of wildlife and that was something that really needed to happen you yeah. know they banned you know eating eating dogs um the the, uh, the festival that was going on there every year has officially been shut down in which you know dogs were killed and consumed Um, there's amazing things going on right now. Like you can tour 2,500 world famous museums from like the comfort of your own sofa. A lot of movies, I think with universal productions are being released, uh, on your TV. The Met, the Metropolitan Opera is doing live performances that you can stream every night from the comfort of your own home. I mean, there are people out there like Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds who donated a million dollars to food banks in both Canada and the U.S. Like people, we are seeing the best of humanity right now. And of course, yes, we're seeing the worst in terms of people who are buying stuff in bulk and hoarding and, and just being kind of. My assholes. fear, though,
1: Harriet, my fear, I'll what? be honest with you, with, with a lot of uh, uh, natural disasters, you get you get looters.
0: Yeah, no, I know.
1: And you get people who will take advantage of people and people are vulnerable no, right and, now. People and one very, thing right now too,
0: I mean, and that I've seen, and I, I, know, I know this is terrible, but I guess a lot of people that have been ordering from Instacart or um, grocery delivery services, Postmates and that sort of stuff, their Postmate or Instacart person has actually stolen their order and the companies have been refunding obviously, but it just sucks like that. But at the same time, it's also like, okay, these people are hourly workers. This might be a way for them to feed their family. It's no excuse.
1: It's no excuse right now. As you're doing, you got to shame people. And if somebody does something, shame them, shame them publicly. They'll stop. Like those guys who, who were hoarding the hand sanitizer, they were shamed and they had to give it back, you know, or, or they gave oh, it no, out. they ended up
0: donating it, which shame I, I deeply, people. yeah. The you only should. thing we have is I shame. I agree with that. Shame <laughs>
1: people right and left on this crap. And you know what? If you find somebody boosting, you know, putting up their prices, you know, call them out, call Facebook, call Google, let them know what's going on right now. Email people, email your friends. Hey, these guys aren't playing by the rules. You're right. You know, the truth of the matter is with stuff like this, you see the best and you see the worst of people. But we need as a society but, but, to call but, out let's the worst. let
0: end on the best. So before, so we don't end on a depressive note. I
1: don't uh,
0: want to end on the worst. That'd be bad. No, no, no. Uh, so amid school closures in Japan, this is how techy and amazing younger kids are. Um, Japanese students hosted their own fun-filled graduation ceremony virtually via Minecraft which I know my dad literally knows nothing about. Um, and when I played Minecraft back in the day, it was extremely simple and it was on my PC desktop. Um, so it's, it's a little bit, you know, I'm a little too old to really totally understand that, but it sounds really awesome. Um, also in China, I guess, to avoid having to do homework from home, a lot of the students spammed the app store with bad one-star reviews to get the app that was allowing them to do homework remotely taken offline so they wouldn't have to do homework during this time, which I think is hilarious and also amazing and also we're seeing people you know we're seeing actually the environment start to clear up china's having some of its first clear skies in a very long time people are sharing um photos of venice italy the canals and everything like that and the water is crystal clear the pollution is way down i mean this personally and i know obviously i i'm a yogi and so is my dad and i'm a bit of a hippy dippy spiritualist you know you can call me a liberal snowflake all you like but you know my personal opinion is that this might be a collective awakening for all of us to important. Well, look, as we talk about important.
1: no matter what, you're going to remember this and your kids are going to remember this. It's going to be like 9-11. This is like a worldwide 9-11 that goes on for months and months. My But prediction there's no is, one really
0: to blame. You know, that, yeah. that's the thing. Like with 9-11, we all had this common enemy and now it's like, that's well, the difference, you know?
1: This is maybe something by which we will come together you know, and realize that life is very precious, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's fragile. And this is one of the first things we've had as a world where there's no winners and losers. There's just losers. You know what I mean? I mean, there's just, you're just surviving right now. I don't want to say this is like an asteroid that's come down and we're all coming out of it, but in all honesty though, this is, my prediction is we're going to be we're going to be quarantined or in the houses, you know, in the house for March and April. May, we're going to start to raise our heads a little bit. We're not going to come back to normal until August and September at the very earliest. I think a lot of our major events will close. But I think we as a society will change. I think we will become much more online, we'll be more efficient. I think we will look at things differently, like universities, like uh, who is it? Not. Uh, Who's the guy from Amazon, Harriet? Who, who's, who's the guy Jeff
0: from Amazon? Jeff Bezos.
1: Jeff Bezos. I think Bezos came out today to, and he said, colleges is a waste of time. You can learn what all you need to do for free online. And, and you know, what you just need to do is go to work. And you know what? That may be how we change society. We may change it in that people realize that they don't need to be, you know, on a vacation for four years. You know, and, you know that's going to put you in debt. You know, maybe education will change in the future, maybe meetings will change in the future. You know, we've we've just started to to really explore more working from home and being with your families. But you know, maybe this is maybe this is the big impetus we need. And the good thing is, if you think about it, like for example, if we mean if we need more hospital beds in the US we have hotels. Nobody's staying at hotels right now. We have hotels for, for oh, the Oh, they're homeless. starting to
0: house certain homeless, I'm pretty sure, yeah. in uh, in hotels yeah. right now, which I don't think is a bad thing. You know, yeah. if travel and tourism and all this stuff is going to be way down, let's at least use it for for good. You know, yeah, let's, and, let's try to use yeah, hotels. And,
1: and, you know, maybe what we do is we put some of those infected on, on cruise ships that aren't being used right now. And, and maybe we do stuff like that. Maybe we we get them away from people. But, you know... Well, like you said, Harriet, you no, know, people can blame the Chinese or people can blame other people or blame Donald Trump or blame. The truth of it is, it's here and we got to deal with what is right now. Let's
0: stop. Let's stop trying to blame and just creating solutions because real leaders, and this is something I can say, and I am big enough to admit that I think that Donald Trump, President Trump, you know, as of yesterday or the day before, has become rather presidential. I think his somber take, you know, when he gave the press conference, when he talked about us coming together, you know, and I I appreciated the fact that he said when this is all over, you know, we're gonna have a, a big, beautiful party and, and we can fight this America. Like what's the common enemy here? Coronavirus. And it doesn't, it doesn't um, distinguish between, oh, are you a Republican, a Democrat? Are you African-American? Are you Chinese? Are you white? Are you, you know, whatever. It doesn't, dis- it doesn't um, discriminate, you know, and we need to come together. And that's, that's our job. We have a duty to our fellow citizens, to humanity, to stay the F inside. And that's why this episode is, is called that, because all of you people out there right now with a disregard for human life, Need to go inside, get your life together and stay there until, you know, until it's safe, until we can, you know, flatten this curve, because that's what we need to be doing right now. Mm. This is not a time for politics. This is why my dad and I were saying we should, you know, maybe move the election to when this is over. because I this think is they not should the move the election. Right I think
1: they should move the federal election to February. I think we should I just mean, We don't move know how it.
0: this is going to affect We should the, the cancel Democratic the National primaries Convention and cancel the, the voting.
1: Just cancel it. Cancel it till we can raise our head again in in July or in August and just And focus I'm saying on this too, counts. as much
0: as I don't like Donald Trump and would like him out of office, I truly believe we need consistent leadership during this time. And even CNN was praising him saying this is the Donald Trump that will this is the type of Donald Trump that will get us through this, which I thought was yeah. very telling as we know CNN is not Fond of President Trump, you know, neither are a lot of people, you know, that are more democratic. So I truly believe we need strong, consistent leadership with this. We need the right people on the job for this. We need uh, a huge, you know, number of tests. Everybody needs to be getting tested. My dad and I talked about this, but that's what South Korea did right. That's what really helped to limit the number of fatalities. Um, they, they had testing done early. They had a lot of people self-quarantining. And, and right now uh, in China, life is finally starting to get slightly more back to normal for these people, um, these citizens. People are starting to return to work, come out of their houses, stop quarantining, all that kind of stuff. And so they really, this started for them in about, what was it, November, dad, I right. think, when it really started to get bad. Yeah. And now it's March. So that's, what, five months? um uh you know so let's if we can get back on track um so we're in march uh so august september if we can have that be when we finally start to come out of our homes and can reintegrate and we flatten this curve and our health can healthcare system isn't overwhelmed and we can start traveling again and see our relatives in other countries like i want to go see my grandparents our best time
1: our best times are ahead of us we're going to come out of it and, you know, Harriet, let's take, we got two minutes maybe left. I know this yeah. isn't exactly 60 minutes, but, you know, because I always <laughs> well, think we want it is. Well, you
0: 60 minutes. minutes. My I dad always know, thinks this but, is but guy was just going to come to us But, you know, happiness <laughs> now.
1: How can people be happy during this time when they're in? What are you suggesting? I know you've I been spending talk, out yeah, I talk
0: comedy about comedy
1: and happy puppies and just families, but how else can they be happy? I
0: think, and this is my friends and I, for example, you know, have been sending out a bunch of group memes and I think finding humor, watching comedies on Netflix, all that sort of stuff really counts. But I think changing the way that we view this and I know coming from me, this is a very, and I don't have children. I'm, I'm married. You know, I, I just have a dog, so I don't have kids, that I have to entertain. I understand this is a very privileged response.
1: Toby, the wonderful. I know
0: he's the best dog in the world, but so I saw this quote and I just wanted to share it. And it said, and the people stayed home and they read books and they listened and they rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed to their God, some danced, some met their shadows and the people began to think differently and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorance, Uh, dangerous mindless and heartless ways the earth began to heal we collectively as citizens and humanity began to heal and when the danger passed and the people joined together again they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they themselves had been healed that is from my
1: daughter the california hippie chick to my friends in (laughs) jimilton get some beer get a keg just keep drinking it slowly. <laughs> just keep getting drunk. Wake up. You want to drink again? Go ahead. Just drink for a while. You, you <laughs> or, know, <they're... laughs>
0: or for other people, they're learning. 9 a.m. is not too early to start drinking. I know, but you know, <laughs> but, you know
1: It was interesting because.
0: Stay happy. I was,
1: I was listening to the uh, San Diego County Commissioners talk today, and they're and they're trying to bring in like business people to talk about. Here's what I'm doing. And they brought in this one guy who who owns a, uh, a a brewery, and and he said, "We're still we're still going here, and we're gonna make sure that you get your beer." And I'm thinking to myself, "Dude, seriously, you know?" But but I thought to myself, then there are guys out there who're going, "Shit, man, what are we gonna do? No beer." So look, <laughs> you, know, you know, as my dad used to sing, "In heaven, there's no beer. That's why we drink it here." If that gets you through this, God bless you. Go drink as much as you want, but just don't do it in front of, don't, of don't drive, and everything else.
0: Obviously, you know, well, I mean don't you drink, drink and in drive. Front of your kids. There's a reason don't. they call wine "mommy juice."
1: But yeah, you know, obviously, but you,
0: you know, be smart.
1: But you know what? Comedy. You know the you know comedians are coming out, and there's some funny crap out there right now. There's some really. Oh, my funny. dad
0: actually is now a new Dave Chappelle fan. Oh, I like if Dave I Chappelle. Him. I never he thought I would.
1: <laughs> my god that guy's funny so but you know what
0: I, yeah but just so, you know and I, I I miss my family I wish I could go I wish I could you know my dad and I are once again doing this remotely I'm doing this because we do have someone in our family who is immunocompromised and who I need to protect and so I haven't seen them now for three days which is for me it's a longer time you miss honey. Um, I know I miss you and so You know, this is what you need to do. You need, no matter how close you are to your family, I still see families getting together. And if you're planning to be quarantined together the entire time, fine. But if you have people coming and going, if you have kids in the house, if you have people who have recently traveled, you need to stay in your own homes and unfortunately quarantine separately because it's just not worth the risk. And it's just... say it's increasing the chain you're adding more links to the chain of potential ways to spread it so until you know i have been uh not going outside for 14 days or until it's designated to be safe to reintegrate i will probably have to you know stay in my own home so I, i i urge everybody please do the same don't be selfish we're doing this for the good of humanity for our future and i just hope that when all of this is over we realize collectively that we need to take care of one another and look after each other because without health and without you know a, a good a good way to to survive things like pandemics and everything we, we don't have anything as a society nothing is more important than health and
1: well-being and the, well-being. One, and I ha- and, and the yeah. one thing we will damn well make sure this doesn't happen again and we're going to be more prepared and that we're going to have we're exactly. going to elect leaders who are going to prepare us and who are going to take it seriously exactly. And, you know, you, you know, my politics and I think the guy's doing a great job right now. If I had to do it over again, I would have I would have put a, a match under everybody because I don't think it just was President Trump. I think it was everybody. You know, we were we were all cocky. We were all used to seeing things happen in China and laughing at the Chinese. Oh, it's only them. Well, or, I wasn't. This, this, Last week I
0: said this was going to be big. No, <laughs> you, know, you, were, I you weren't. You weren't.
1: But, yes, but, yes, I
0: was. It's still, but but uh, guys,
1: you know, look, take you know, care of
0: yourselves. Stay safe and and just get back to, you know, make sure you're doing things that really just nourish you as a person, as a human. And and one thing I just want to touch on, too, before we go, a lot of people are saying, you know, this this disease is the result. This is China's fault. And I, I saw one person the other day say, oh, I hope we treat China like North Korea after this. And we just exile them. And I think that's a really shitty way to think. And I think, you know, we now we're in this together and, and to say things that are racially driven, uh, I just I don't think it's OK. Um, I, I love China. I have been to China many times. I speak Mandarin. The, the people of China have always been very kind to me. The country itself is incredible. The people of China are wonderful human beings. And I just think, please be careful of the language that you use during this time. Now is not a time for politics or ethnocentric language. Let's come together. Let's let's work to defeat this common enemy and get it under control. And, and let's just try to get back to living our best lives sooner rather than later. So thank you guys once again for tuning in. Please share this with people that you feel like it could benefit. If you have a boomer relative that you're trying to get this point across to, they can listen to my dad's perspective. Or if you have a millennial you want to share this with and listen to my perspective, um, please please do so. We love you guys. and And right. we will talk to you guys soon.
1: Guys, we love you. All the best. Stay safe.
0: All right. Stay safe. All right. Okay. Bye.
1: Bye.